Hey, and welcome to Glitch Please, the show where we talk about video games every week. I'm Ashley. I'm Ben. That's a Christmas tree. Well, that's because it's starting to get the holiday time. This is the Thanksgiving episode. I reject the notion that there should be a Christmas tree. We don't have a turkey, Ryan. That is unacceptable. It's too early. You're not allowed to play Christmas songs before Thanksgiving. Well, we didn't, so we got one out of two. Uh, that's I, me. I'm Santa Claus. Yeah. <laughs> At least throughout the Christmas month, can we add ornaments to Adam's beard? It'll just be like one big tree. Man, at the end of it. I think we if could there's one, that. If there's one, there's two things that happen every year. Okay. And one of them is around Christmas time. I get incessant tweets about beard ornaments. They're like, dude, have you seen wait, 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 wait. That's beard a real ornaments? Thing? Yes. Oh yeah. But it's like they're called beard bobbles, and I get tweeted the same thing by eight. Thousand different people. It's now it'll be eight thousand more. Have it anymore. Yeah, I don't have to worry about beard bobbles anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you lost uh, your facial hair for the kids. Uh, it doesn't the extra yeah. live stream. Uh, I can't yeah. mind. Got the mustache for the kids. Is uh, is your face significantly colder? How long has it been since you've had a bare-ish face? Let's not talk about the mustache. It's yeah. It's been over. It's been over a year, I think, since I've had any kind of like not not beard, and it's weird. It, I'm not gonna lie. It feels really weird. I'll probably keep the stash for at least like. What, through the weekend. Rest, then, rest of November, maybe? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Let's go with the rest of November. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, uh, today we're going to talk about, because it is a Thanksgiving episode, uh, all the things that we're really grateful for in games, and then cap that off by discussing uh, some of the best games coming out this year. Uh, the uh, the Game Awards nominees have been announced. Richard Teeth is actually um, one of the voting members of the Game Awards, so um, we did have a hand in some of those, uh, but we take absolutely no responsibility for the ones that you didn't like. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so, but I, you know, it's been a rough year. Uh, as far as a lot of things in games are, are concerned. And, uh, you know, we've got loot boxes, we've got microtransactions. And I think it's nice to have this time to just remember that games are really, really, really awesome. So that's what this episode is going to be all dedicated to, is really awesome games. Uh, and sponsoring this episode is the Rooster Teeth Store and also the Rooster Teeth Store. That's a completely <laughs> different store, but uh, very important Nothing to happened. Ryan. Uh, so we'll talk more about um, all the stuff you can get in the Rooster Teeth store if you didn't know that we have one in a little bit. Um, but first, let's get into talking about all the stuff that we're really, really grateful for. That is one of the most on-point transitions we've had. <laughs> I'm thankful for that transition. <laughs> we're, we're starting off the, the thankfulness uh, real, I think our standards are pretty low. But um, it's been kind of a rough last few weeks, I think. It seems like... If you're uh, EA, sure. If you're EA, yes, but all, you know, also just as a gamer, you see all this stuff, you see uh, more and more games as a service and, and worry that the kinds of games that we love are going to go away because they're going to try and just add microtransactions or subscriptions or all kinds of just nickel and diming stuff to video games to keep people playing, you know, and it feels, it feels a little bit to a lot of gamers just overwhelming when you get so much of it over the past few weeks. You can lose sight of how great video games really can be. Thanks, Candy Crush and MMOs. You, if only they weren't so successful. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, don't give me that look. It's MMO's fault. <laughs> yes. Adam, Maybe I guess no, it's fine. I mean, I guess that's the first, that's the first instance of games. You pay for games, then keep paying for games. Pretty much, yeah. It was well because when MMOs really started, 
it was you'd have a game that would come out and then there would be a bunch of free community-made maps generally and there would be all kinds of like mutators and new modes and stuff. A lot of that was added for free. Uh, and then MMOs popularized and it was full retail purchase plus monthly subscription. And I think a lot of companies looked at that and went like this. Mm. Look at all the money raining on their heads after the game. Oh, yeah. and, anyway, then, and you saw this huge go. run on on, uh, on on stuff. So it, you know, it's been this sort of growing uh, to a crescendo over time. Let's let's be happy. It's Thanksgiving. We got our Thanksgiving tree. Our Thanksgiving. We're tree, here to yes. talk about things that we're happy about, not. The... And it has been a really great year for games. Like it there, is. there are. This is one of the best years that we've had lately, I think, as far as really great video game experiences coming out. And I don't want to seem overshadowed by all the bad stuff. So, well, we, 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 we talk about the bad stuff all the time. It's yes, okay. let's it's talk about the good have stuff. Good, good things happen to us. What are you grateful for, Ryan? Oh, just in, like in the gaming world in general. Uh, I'm, I'm glad that we're still seeing uh, so many indie developers coming forward and putting games out there and the platforms to support them are growing more robust every year. It's it getting... And, and not just the platforms, but the tools for indie mm -hmm. developers to create their projects. Yeah, so in the shadow of the AAA developers, uh, we now have so much space for people, uh, smaller development groups, to get funded. I mean, things like Kickstarter uh, are great ways. I mean, uh, one of my favorite games in recent memory that was not AAA developed uh, was Seven Days to Die. Also, Dead by Daylight, again, these small developers that just decided to make a game and it went really well for them. So I, I like that we've got the space for these developers to get their games out there now. And you know, on a related note, and I realize this will probably be a little bit divisive, but uh, you talk about things like Seven Days to Die. We've uh, now got things like Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, which I would also still count as an indie title because it's it's made, um, you know, and, and published by by a developer. It's this didn't come out as a AAA project, right? Uh, but uh, early access has really changed the way a lot of developers, especially smaller developers, are able to approach game development and making games, distributing games, and then also uh, balancing. You know, and it's allowed a lot of people to actually have a voice in that game development process, which is really cool. It gets abused all the time. It does. But uh, I think Early Access has enabled a lot of new, more collaborative ways of making games too, particularly the indie games. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Adam, what are you grateful for? Mine's a little different. It's not about trends in games or, or things like that, but uh, well, it kind of is. I mean, uh, it's more of the, uh, the ability that games still allow us to connect with our friends with, especially people that are far away or making new friends. Uh, specifically, recently, like, VR has been amazing. And uh, it's, it's kind of enabled a new... It, it changes the multiplayer experience so much that it feels... Like, it, it, it's stupid to say this, but it does feel like you are, like, in the same room with a person that you're totally not in the same room with. Like, uh... You know, presence. Right. I have a friend in, in faraway land in Philadelphia who is my best friend in the world, but we never see each other because we live so far away. But we get to go into rec room, and I can give my friend a high five, and you get like feedback on that high five. It's great, man. Um, so I'm thankful for the connection it allows you to have with other people um, still, even 
with all the shitty games that have come out because there's a lot of good <laughs> games that have come out. Yeah, um, and, and and that's not like VR is a particularly cool and I think visceral way to do that. But any sort of online game where mm -hmm. like you're able to like join groups or clients and make these make these real life friendships with people that you have never met and would never have the opportunity to meet if it were not for the games. Yep. And there are a lot of really valuable friendships and relationships that come out of people meeting and connecting over video games. Yeah, I work here because I played video games with Adam Baird. Tell us that story. Uh, I, was, I was a fan of Rooster for a long time, obviously, uh, since basically the beginning. Um, and on one of the Drunk Tank podcasts, they talked about uh, making a drunk tank, Jack talked about making a Drunk Tanks guild for Star Wars Old Republic, and uh, I joined it and started playing the game with Adam. And he uh, he had a raid team, and I became part of the raid team because I really liked MMOs, so I was like really, really into him and played for probably like six months together. Um, then we just moved on to other games, and we had like a small uh, clique that had formed out of that, that group that we always played games together. And out of that friendship, uh, one day I was like, I'm in New York. I'm not doing anything. I'm just going to move to Austin on a whim because I at least have a friend there, and it's a nice city. So I moved there, and I worked at Best Buy for a little while, and then... The stars aligned, Adam had a position in tech, I was already doing Geek Squad stuff, and they gave me a job. Yeah, I actually, um, I've had a similar experience. Uh, so when I started doing uh, stuff with video games on a, I don't even want to call it a professional level, because it wasn't yet, but I made all these fan sites for video games. Um, you know, and I'd made a couple of different ones. Um, my first one was for American Geese Alice, and then uh, they sort of went from there. I did one for um, Clive Barker's Untying. Um, uh, the, gosh, uh, Longest Journey. And then uh, I made one for this uh, MMO game that was going to be coming out called Shadowbane. That was this, uh, this super PvP, uh, like, hardcore MMO. And uh, so I made a site for that and got really involved in the Shadowbane beta community. And that game was being published by, uh, by Ubisoft. And I got to know a bunch of the other sort of like fan site administrators and we ended up with our own uh, guild in the game. And so we'd play together constantly. And one of my guildmates saw that Ubisoft, um, the game's publisher, was gonna be putting together uh, an all-female gaming team. And specifically sent it to me and was like, you should do this. This is a thing that you should do. Uh, and then they were, um, acted as references for me as well, because I did this, um, um, it was called the Herald program, where I was sort of like a, I wrote about in-game events, like they were actual, like, world happenings. They were like, you know, it was all like in-character. Uh, game world journalism, I guess. Like, I would go and I would attend, like, crazy-ass battles or sieges or something, and then write about it. Um, and I did that with a bunch of the other fansite admins. And so, like, we, you know, we had these really cool friendships, went and visited them at one point, uh, hung out in real life. They put me forward for, uh, for this Fragdolls program. Uh, they stood as my references, and then that's how I ended up actually getting paid to do stuff. So it was really awesome, and I'm not sure, I'm not sure what my path like, through my entire life would have been like without those connections. That's super cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. For what I'm thankful for, it's kind of in the same vein as both what you two brought up. Um, with indie games, it's more specifically on just like able to see indie like developers pursue a passion project and have a lot of fun with it. Um, it's just a lot of fun to see like these indie developers dive into a game and 
keep updating it. Like I think uh, Chucklefish actually came out yesterday on Twitter and was talking about like, yeah, we're working on the multiplayer update for Stardew, but also I've been working on these kind of small things on the side that I'm just going to add to the game and it's going to be great for single player and it'll just be a whole bunch of new stuff that I'm just adding in because I've had spare time and I just want to work on it. Yeah, Concerdape is one of the... Uh, yeah, there it is. is. Yeah, is one of the developers that I follow religiously. See that boat? That boat is not in the game yet. I'm thinking fishing trips. I'm thinking, I don't know, going off to a little island somewhere or something and having all kinds of crazy adventures. Pirates. Pirates. I have no Yar. idea what it's going to be, but I'm very, very excited. And <laughs> Star. You know, and uh, on that related note, uh, <laughs> no, no. You, so proud of himself. Ryan, you have to go. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> um, there is something to be said. Again, it gets abused a lot now, but being able to update games, games that are able to live, and Stardew Valley is a great example of that. I know I go on and on and on about that, but hey, I didn't bring it up. So, uh, but the the fact that uh, a game can come, like that can come out and then uh, continue to have updates that add to the game and keep you coming back enjoying that experience for over a period of time, they can add new features like whatever this boat thing is going to be that they're at, they're able to add multiplayer later on and uh, in you know when we're dealing with cartridge level games that just wasn't possible. In fact, I remember hearing an anecdote. Internet, please correct me if this is uh, uh, an urban legend, but regardless, I love the story, that uh, a lot of uh, early day games, their development timelines were so tight that they didn't have time to do a lot of QA until after they were, like, uh -huh. being, like, stamped into the cartridges. And so they hid a lot of bugs as Easter eggs and features and features. that sort of thing. Yeah, features are like, look how special this is. <laughs> uh, you know, or they would have to have instructions for how to avoid these bugs in the manual because they didn't have time to take it out of the game. And once it was there, that's it, it was there. Have you seen, there's a fascinating video on, on, on that, that topic. Uh, I can't remember which Sega game it is, uh, or it's, I think it's a Sonic game, but someone who uh, was a de developer on a Sonic game Instead of like, instead of correcting his bugs, would make like, like there was one where like if the, the if you bang the console, it'll say like you found the secret level select screen for Sonic, but really that's just like a coverall for like the context came loose and you couldn't see it. It's a fascinating <laughs> video. I wish I could remember more of it, but it's it's along those lines. It's so cool. But yeah, there's just something really nice about. I feel like especially this year, there've been a lot of like indie developers that have been vocal about how happy they are to be working on their game. And, like, just have been super into it and, like, showing those emotions of, like, I'm so happy to be working on this and I can't wait to add more. And it's just really nice to see all that. Yeah, so. we're definitely in the age of passion projects. And I think all around that's super inspiring and, like, it gives hope to a lot of people that they can do their own passion projects, too. Absolutely. A few years ago, I would have argued that Xbox Live Arcade felt like this golden age of focus on indie games. And Summer when... Summer of Arcade, man. Summer of Arcade. Although, uh, I was in Australia at the time working on that, so it was always winter of arcade and I'd have to redo all the art. It was super frustrating. <laughs> um, but uh, that it's it's actually just grown from there. You're getting all this, this wonderful focus on indie developers who get to make these passion projects. And sometimes they'll spend uh, four years in the case of something like a Stardew Valley or like nine years in the case of an Owlboy and then put this this passion project out into the world and see it loved by people. Okay, so here is actually, we have on the screen um, this video, uh, this video that Adam was talking about, this Sonic game. So 
you it's, you uh, you you tap the console, yeah. loosen the contacts, and hey, you found this secret yep. level select screen. It's just like there's a an error instead of, and he took that error and just made it that, and then, and instead of, it, it it recovers from the error unless you just select a level, but it's not like it's just a <laughs> it's just a covering up a bug to get past like QC. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, it, you know, and we've moved so far beyond that. Like games are still buggy and broken, but at least they can be fixed now. <laughs> um, Unfortunately, they, the, the ability to update does get abused sometimes because, like, oh, don't even worry about it. We'll just fix it later, uh, and things get pushed out the door. But they can be fixed. Well, nowadays with digital delivery, uh, it's not nearly as onerous a task either. I mean, when it had to go out for, you know, get mas a gold master, that was a huge problem. But nowadays... How many people really consume it that way? How gold do things really go these days? Yeah. They're like goldish. Even it's like, then, it's just it's like. It's like gold around the outside, right? Does anyone actually expect that the disc has the game on it anymore? Or is it just like the suggestion of the game that is pulled from the internet? As a PC gamer, I don't know what discs are anymore. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, it's like they're handing you a box, and Even it might be a topic. circle. It's basically a circle with a license. Now, what, on was, it. what was the game that just came out? The. It was the Destiny, Destiny Collection Edition yeah, that didn't that, have a... It just had a tin with nothing in it. <laughs> yeah. A piece of paper. So awesome. But look at that tin, yeah. right? It's amazing. Even on that topic, like, PUBG, you know, is, is what is it, still an early access game, technically? But, I mean, it's it's I mean, it's on the Game of the Year awards. It's yeah, technically not even out yet. Technically not even out yet, but... Uh, will it still be played when it is out is kind of an interesting question. Well, kind what, of goes, do you think it's falling off? Somewhat, yeah. Well, okay. I mean, for you it's, or for the community as a whole? Uh, I mean, I just kind of keep an eye on, like, my only gauge on it is Twitch numbers. Twitch numbers, yeah, and it's definitely it's still crazy high, but there's signs that it may be peaking a little bit. Well, well keeping in mind that this has been a juggernaut for it has. for what six months came out of nowhere. This is one mode. Well, I mean, you you know, you got duos, whatever, but it's yeah. still like it's still battle royale. It's a hundred people. It's one map, mm -hmm. uh, and this this extraordinarily limited set of ingredients has pushed, have they passed 25 million yet? Because I feel like they passed 15 and then they passed 20 and it just it was like gaining st steam in, team, in terms of sales at the very least. The thing that can be said about it is because of the size of the map and the type of the game, uh, it's more like multiple maps in the sense that you, your gameplay areas are usually different every time you play. So it's like playing a, multi a traditional multiplayer map is like, would be just the town part of uh, the larger overall map. So you can play in a different map by just dropping in a different spot every time in, in that game. But yeah, I think uh, they hopefully will release some new content and that'll in the reintegrate latest, the community. In the latest patch, they did find like leaks of a desert map, which they've yeah. kind of like... It's coming. I mean, they've yeah. said they're they're making it. They, they think they've got two maps. Yeah, and they've got like a more the urban map, map right? as well, I think. There's the, the smaller, like high-intensity map, and then there's going to be the, another... Full-size map. So, I mean, they're coming, and they may hit it exactly right where it started to kind of dip and then right back up. So, yeah, we live in this cool age where games are very much a malleable thing. Where just with updates and everything, you can keep pushing content updates and new maps, new gameplay modes. Like if you look back at what gaming—I don't want to say used to be—but with like single-player cartridge-only games and where we are now, I mean, that's what I'm thankful for. It's just, it just seems like now there's this new evolution of games that we can always change and add to. And most gamers coming into the market this, these days will never know anything different either. So yeah. uh, games, games are always gonna be a flexible platform from here on out. Yeah, and then, uh, you know, 
since I'm not a multiplayer gamer, one of the things that I'm really grateful for is that while there, this, the market has grown to the point where there is something for all the multiplayer, love to play with everyone every week gamers, and then there are plenty of games to keep someone like me busy. I, re I love my stories, I love my RPGs, um, JRPGs, I love going through some elaborate story that makes no sense <laughs> whatsoever. Uh, and really getting invested in a set of characters and their story and saving the world, because that's what it always comes down to. And like going through and having that wonderful crafted experience. Uh, and there are so many of those. And we'll talk about some, some of them more in depth, I think, in like the game of the year. But this has been um, a really good year for that. There was Horizon, um, the uh, Breath of the Wild, uh, Persona 5. Uh, and then, you know, there are other single-player experiences that are less story-driven, per se, but that still, they, I guess, uh, fill the, the, the niche of what a lot of people play multiplayer games for, but in a single-player way. And that's, that's life simulators. That's the Stardew Valleys of the world, where, um, you know, or the Minecrafts, where you can uh, dive in and have whatever adventure you feel like having. All by yourself. You know, but there's just such a wide range of games now that can really appeal to absolutely every type of player. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would at least categorize them into three different, at the very minimum, like three different types of games where it's the single player story-based experience, the multiplayer, like keep jumping into these multiplayer match experience, such as PUBG, and then like the endless- The sandbox. The sandbox experience, and then the endless game you can play either by yourself or with friends over and over again like Minecraft or Seven Days to Die or it's not necessarily competitive but it's just like something you can play forever and you make your own adventure. So, yeah, so there's a lot to be grateful for in video games. Do you have anything else that this is uh, making you think of? I'm grateful there's not more Christmas decorations on this set. Just wait, Ryan. We're gonna get there. Next I time mean, I'm gonna bring so many fucking decorations. After Thanksgiving is fine. It's not Thanksgiving I'm yet. So many, I'm bringing a whole series. This is being filmed on the week before Thanksgiving. This is re being released, I guess, the day after Thanksgiving. Damn it! I guess it's technically It's fine. after Thanksgiving. In fact, that means that a lot of people right now are out enjoying lots of crazy, awesome sales. And they're also putting up their Christmas trees. Or they're waiting for Cyber Monday. You know what? I feel like that whole, it's from Black Friday through Cyber Monday and beyond, they've already started having crazy sales. They're going to keep having crazy sales. Now, like, Black Friday, it's just a window. It's, you know, that's when you they're going to have five TVs that are discounted deeply and then the rest of yeah, the Yeah, five TVs assembled from, like, parts that they're never going to mm -hmm. use again. And This one fell off the shelf in March. Ah, Save Black it Friday. for Black Friday. <laughs> $100. Yeah. You can have it. Maybe it works. Yeah, but, uh, you know, and as well, that does make me think of, uh, with PC gaming in particular, I feel like it's getting more affordable than ever. That, and maybe it's just because I keep, like, I'm, maybe it's because I'm cheap and I buy slightly older parts <laughs> now, but uh, as, the, as technology keeps driving forward, I can buy now for so much less uh, a PC that puts out these absolutely astonishing gaming experiences. Just gaming has gotten so beautiful. The graphics are incredible. And even the graphics that are simplified a little bit uh, just look more incredible than ever before. That's sort of the side benefit of the drive to 4K is as the you know computer developers push more and more into that 4K realm, that means that the cost for uh, you know parts that would run 1080 
start to drop pretty quickly. So if you're not interested in 4K, which a lot of people are. You still benefit. Still good news. Yeah, it's still good for you. Yeah, and um, VR as well. I think there's a lot of new ways to play games that have been coming about recently that are very cool. I think VR is one of them. Uh, and I think, uh, for me, the, the Switch has oh been God, Switch uh, so a great. really... That's not new. Being able to take my console games on the go is... Listen. Ryan. <laughs> Ryan, we're being thankful this I'm sorry. episode. I don't know if the air quotes were in there. Console. It is. It's a console. Um, you know, but the fact that I'm now able to take these experiences with Ish. me... Um, in a, in, a, in a compact way, but like continue to play them wherever I am. That is something that, yes, I've had handheld consoles, I've had, you know, 3DSs, um, I've got a Vita, and I've had, I've, you know, those aren't new anymore, but being able to uh, move between my TV and wherever I go, that's pretty new, and I'm really grateful for that. It's awesome to be able to just take those experiences with me because I do get so invested, and I have, uh, like, I'm very addictive with my games. Like, when I get really into one, it's all I want to do. I'm useless for anything else because I just can't focus. I'll, <laughs> all I want to do is spend 16 hours a day playing that game until I get to the end and I complete it, and then I can take a breath and go, so being enabled to do that, ah, maybe not great for the people in my life or my relationships or my friendships, but for the <laughs> games and I, it's really wonderful. And that's the relationship that matters. Right. Uh, and then VR as well, that yeah. you're able to experience games in a different way by really like diving into them and being inside those worlds. But they need to get that wireless adapter out. They, they do. do, but they're working on but, it. You know, I there's mean, there's early adopter limitations and it for everything. Even even as just the experience as it is, like there's nothing like it. And That's true. Every time I like, I don't put I don't use VR as much as I should because it's it's a kind of a pain in the ass to set up. Yep. Um, but it is every time I put it on, I'm never disappointed, and I'm always like, this is awesome, this is amazing. Like you can play a game any way you want because it's like a lot of these games are just like physics driven. So like if you don't want to use the paddles for your your paddle ball, you can just throw the paddles at your friend and start hitting the ball with your hands. It's awesome. It's Still fantastic. One of my favorite things to do is I think even more so than playing VR is just throwing someone into VR for the first time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like I was able to, my mom was able to come down and visit recently, and like she's not a gamer. She's not good with technology very much at all. I'm usually the person she calls when she needs something fixed. But like throwing her in VR and looking at her like, like I just threw her into the blue and she got to be underwater looking at all these different like mm -hmm. sea creatures and like stepping back in awe at this whale. Like it's so much fun just yes. to like throw someone into VR for the first Super time. Super cool. See yeah. their experience. And we do get spoiled really quick being like, yeah, those experiences are cool, but one of the real games going to come. Right. But, uh, you, know, we're, you know, so we're a little bit spoiled in it, but when you step back and take a look at how cool that technology is, man. Yeah, I mean, I've had games in VR that I can, I've played for, you know, eight to ten hours total, and that's not like a lot compared to most games, but still, like that much enjoyment out of a game, especially when you're it's a cooperative experience, is, is awesome. Sometimes it's nice just to step back and be like, we've come a far way with games, mm -hmm. and yeah, sit down and like spend a day playing on a Nintendo or a Super Nintendo, and then like. I wish I could. I can't fucking buy an. <laughs> ah, there's um. Well, since we're pre-recording this one, it may not be a helpful tip, but I know that more are coming into Walmart. Okay. Soon. I'm gonna yeah, not helpful website. for you, maybe helpful for him. Yeah, Hopefully maybe, maybe helpful in the real timeness of when this is recorded. You should try. But uh, yeah, this year in particular, I think, has been a really strong year for games of all kinds, uh, which is 
great because uh, the Game Awards, which are happening on December 7th, have announced all the nominees. Um, I mean, since we're pre-recording us, they were announced this week, but, you know, for the purposes of this podcast, last week. Mm -hmm. And um, there, when you read down the list, it sort of hits home how great a year it really has been for games, in spite of uh, all the issues that can be super frustrating. So let's talk about the uh, Game Awards nominees. Uh, so there are so many games uh, this year that have come out that it's, you know, you have a really good problem when you feel like the categories have left off really solid contenders. Mm not because they couldn't get enough good ones or because they, like, they're all the same sort of thing, but because there are so many different kinds of great games that have come out that they mm -hmm. couldn't fit all the really awesome ones yeah. uh, and that they had to make hard choices to narrow it down. Um, you know, for the, um, the big award for this year, the Game of the Year uh, award, uh, is uh, they had to narrow it down to, um, to five uh, nominees and this year's are Horizon Zero Dawn, Persona 5, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, Super Mario Odyssey, and uh, Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild. Those are all spectacular games, and there are uh, there's uh, I think a little bit of rumbling about uh, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds in particular because technically it's not out. Right. But you can buy we, it. You can play it. Right, and you can review it, and it's going to be available on uh, Xbox in a couple of weeks, and the the like official release of games seems to be slightly less important these days as to when did it actually when can you get your hands become on it? available. It's in so area of, like, has it gone gold yet? Kind of, maybe. Sure. It's well, not gold for sure, but has it gone playable? Exactly. Yep. <laughs> Whenever we have these conversations, I have to whip out a list just to real to see exactly what happened this year. Yeah. So, so, so how about I read down it. just this? I'm going to read down the full list really quick, uh, and it can be. Just, just let it wash over you, all yeah. these games. So, um, uh, in addition to the Game of the Year nominees, um, there's, let's see, uh, yeah, there's going to be a lot of repeats, but that's fine. So, Horizon Zero Dawn, Resident Evil 7, uh, let's see, Brother of the Wild, Wolfenstein 2, Hellblade, Cinema's Sacrifice, uh, Nier Automata, What Remains of Edith Finch, Wolfenstein 2, The New Colossus, Cuphead, Destiny 2, uh, uh, Hellblade Sacrifice. Uh, yep, um, a lot of really wonderful performances. Uh, Uncharted Lost Legacy, um, and then a bunch of uh, like there's a ton of cool indie stuff like the games for impact. There's the bury me, bury me, my love. Uh, Life is strange before the storm. Night in the woods. Please knock on my door. Um, GTA Online, which is an ongoing game, did not come out this year, but is still going strong. Overwatch, same story. Uh, Rainbow Six Siege, same thing. Warframe, uh, Pyre. Fire Emblem Heroes, Hidden Folks, Monument Valley 2, Old Man's Journey, Super Mario Run, which technically came out last December, but uh, the Game Awards actually goes sort of like November-ish to November-ish. Um, Ever Oasis, Fire Emblem Echoes, Metroid Samus Returns, Monster Hunter Stories, Poochie and Yoshi's Woolly World, Farpoint, Lone Echo, uh, Star Trek Bridge Crew, Super Hot VR, Neo, Prey. Assassin's Creed Origins. Fucking God, Neo came out this year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh um, Divinity Original Sin 2, Final Fantasy 15, South Park The Fractured But Whole, Arms, Injustice 2, Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite, Nidhogg 2, Tekken 7, uh, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, Mario and Rabbids Kingdom Battle, Sonic Mania, Splatoon 2, 
Halo Wars 2, Total War, Warhammer 2, Tooth and Tail, XCOM 2, War of the Chosen, FIFA 18, Forza Motorsport 7, uh, Gran Turismo Sport, NBA 2K18, Pro Evolution Soccer 2018, Project Cars 2, Call of Duty World War 2, Fortnite, uh, and then, oh, these are anticipated games, they're still coming up. It's Divinity, Original Sin 2, Uncharted Lost Legacy. Yeah, Street there Origins. are, uh, let's see, esports players, esports teams, student games, uh, Falling Sky, From Light, Hollowed, Impulsion, um, Meaning, uh, Golf Story, Hollow Knight. Oh, Golf Story. Mr. Shifty, Hollow Slime Knight. Rancher. Fuck. Slime Rancher didn't come out this year. It did. It? it came out of early access this year. Which, yep. Oh, okay. Which is, so which, sort of which is weird because they're counting that as this year, but. They're also counting player okay. unknowns. That is a very unusual overlap. Yeah. Yeah. You know it's a good problem though when you're going through this list like I haven't played that one yet. Oh God, I haven't played that one yet. Well, yeah. Or when it's you're also like a bad problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you Wait, know, so, so there are there are <laughs> dozens of really really incredible games that have come out this year. If the, did the Game Awards nominate Final Fantasy 15 last year at all? Uh, no, it was not yet. So. I feel like it should be on this list somewhere, though. It is. Oh, is uh, it? it is, you yeah. It? Sorry, yeah. it was in, yeah, it is, uh, let me find it. Might be uh, in best RPG role-playing role game. Role playing best role-playing game. Okay, great. Yeah. That's, no, that's no where Assassin's I would put Creed it. Creed shout-outs. Assassin's Creed Origins is in there. Uh, yeah, what Assassin's is Creed Origins uh, is under action-adventure game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Most functional Assassin's Creed <laughs> release this year. My, my one Christmas wish this year is just to have, like, three or four days to play through, like, two or three of these games. <laughs> yeah, that's... God. I feel like what I'd really like to do is just quit my job and be a full-time gamer. All I want, I, for like eventually, is some time I, I, technically that is like a thing. When, I, when I'm like, you know, sixty, whatever, I gotta put in my time, and then I can just like go through I'm all tired. the games of the last like, you know, 30, 40 years that I've been storing up. When I finally have time to get through my backlog, Don't because my backlog do does nothing but get longer. Don't say it like that. Don't say I'll finally have time, because what'll happen is you'll retire and electricity will go out around the world, and you'll be like, no, I finally had time. That's how you make. Uh, a strange, scary door situation. Ash is going to be prepped. She's going to have generators. Like, I'm going to have solar panels. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna, it's going to break. Your I'm keyboard's going to fall apart. I'm going to get a sweet-ass like, houseboat or something so that I'm already prepared for rising water levels. The water will be gone. She's going to build her video game arc. Two of every video game. That is how that works. There's always <laughs> the Twilight Zone. It gets you in the one way that's ironic. So don't say that things. Okay. I would watch that right. episode of Black Panther. All right, what, what we should talk so about. There, um, so, the, yeah, that was just like the like super quick run of a bunch of games that have been nominated, but there are a lot of different categories. Uh, yeah, so Game of the Year is a big one. Should um, we come back to that or start with that? Let's, let's finale with that one, why Great. don't we? Um, but uh, the nominees for Best Game Direction, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, which oh, was a huge uh, shift for uh, Guerrilla Games, and they knocked it out of the park. Resident Evil 7 Biohazard from Capcom, Super Mario Odyssey from Nintendo, uh, The Legend of Zelda, Breath of the Wild, and Wolfenstein 2, The New Colossus from Machine Games and Bethesda. Those are all, I think, the so the best game direction is, is like you pick, well, I mean, you pick a direction that you want the game to go, and then you aim just solidly in that direction. You don't have to go off and, and figure out like, other stuff. You don't have to fit into a ton of genres. You're not trying to be multiple things. You're yeah. being exactly. You You're trying to do one thing very, very well. And I think all of these games, honestly, succeed I, in that regard. It's, it's kind of strange to see Wolfenstein on the list, but at the same time, having played the game, I totally get why it's there. Mm -hmm. God, I need to play that game. You so do. What, what, what do you think uh, you need to explain about that for people who uh, haven't played it and don't know why it would be on uh, the list? If you're looking at just a game that is actually 
trying to tell you a story a little bit. Like if it's it's you Wolfenstein, you would traditionally think is just like I'm just going to kill a bunch of Nazis. Yeah. Um, but boy, there's a lot of other stuff that happens at least in the first hour there, where you you learn a little bit about BJ uh, Terror Billy, as they call him. Terror Billy. Terror Billy. That's Great what the Nazis name. call him, Terror Billy, because you know he's a terror. He's his a name terror. Billy. Have to kill him. They got real uh, creative. But yeah, you get some backstory. He's got like old Yeller situation going on. Mm-hmm. There's, there's some that, domestic that abuse. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, you're like I get why Billy is the way he is. Goes through a lot of themes. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, there's a lot of domestic abuse that takes place in the early part of that story. It really uh, gives you a, a, a grounding in the universe very strongly, which is amazing for um, for that when you're talking about an alternate reality where you know. World War II went a very different way. That's great that they can provide that grounding in that storyline. Uh, well, and you need still... a you need a character who really is that can drive home that this uh-huh. isn't just like haha. What if the Nazis won? That is like it's it actually can yeah. draw the line out from of like what like what would happen. What are the consequences? And then you have. You have to have a character that lives those consequences and that has been shaped by them. And it's really fucked up. For it's, yeah, for Wolfenstein 2 especially, <laughs> like I definitely enjoy the storytelling it's giving. Mm-hmm. Um, my main reason I wouldn't give it best game direction is because when I'm playing through the game, I feel like it, from a gameplay standpoint, it doesn't tell me if it wants me to be sneaky or if it wants me to be run and gun. And jumping between those two during the game, mm-hmm. it, like. I have a hard time deciding which one I should do, and sometimes I'm stuck doing something over and over again until I get the right run and gun or uh-huh. stealth mechanic. Yeah, it, it does. Uh, some games are better at providing a much sharper a delineation between the two. Things like Dishonored, you're like, okay, I really get that I can play this this way or that way. This one's just kind of like you have one chance at stealth, and if you fuck it up, is that is that what you would over? what you would nominate as your best game direction? What uh, Colossus, Shadow yeah. of Colossus, uh, what, Shadow of Colossus, new, new Colossus, New Colossus. I always call it Shadow, and then that's coming out too. Um, and I've still never played it. What were the others on the list? Uh, so we have Horizon Zero Dawn. No, I go with that one. Okay. Oh, okay. Enough. Well, we have a list of one. Uh, yeah, I think um, one of the ones that I find interesting here is definitely Breath of the Wild because that was a huge shift for uh, for Nintendo in what a Zelda game is, uh, uh, and I think that they really committed to doing something different and. It was absolutely incredible. Uh, when it came out in particular, I feel like there were a lot of other games within that genre that were probably hurt um, by some of the things that Zelda did really well. The, mm-hmm. One of the main ones, um, one of the most visceral ones, I think, being the ability to climb on anything. Yep. No matter what it is, you can climb it. Uh, and it was one of the things that immediately became such habit to anyone playing the game that you would immediately go into any other open or open-ish world game and try and climb stuff and then be like, why can't I climb this? I should be able to climb whatever. And, uh, you know, it immediately made itself at home in people's minds, I think, as a way of traversing the world that made sense. The old going to Horizon Zero Dawn after playing Breath of the Wild. That was exactly what happened to me, and I was super bummed. But, man, that game really does nail everything it's going for. Like, it, it made... It took the open world genre, which has been, it sort of has like a template on it now where it's like, here's your map, here's your markers, go to the markers and do this stuff. But it made it feel like an actual adventure. Like you're, you're climbing on these things, not because it's fun to climb up them, because it is, but it's, it's like, what am I going to find up there? And you don't know. And the fact that they reward you with the unknown, is like the most satisfying loop in any game ever. 
Uh, it's like one of my favorite. And games you will of all probably time. find something cool. Yes, there. every every inch of that map, I feel like, has been like hand designed and like made to be interesting. If there's not something interesting on the top of the mountain, you can at least jump off it and glide really fucking far. And it's so much fun. Until you said that, I was, still wasn't sure if you're talking about Zero Dawn though, because <laughs> every argument you just made could be said of the same for that game. The in, that would is why I would give it a leg up over Zelda is. Uh, the mystery of what's happening in that world and how you unveil it is so much more interesting to me than Zelda. Zelda was good, but Zero Dawn was better. I think I think maybe we're looking for different things. I'm looking for like a whimsical fantasy adventure uh, and less of a gritty. I just yeah. want to live in a, like this game gave me the opportunity to basically live in a fantasy world for a month. Uh, and I got to visit towns, I got to see dungeons, I got to... Make best friends with a shark prince. Right. And, and like, it, there were so many, like, little challenges, things I could come back to later, and just, like, little accomplishments in that game that made it so much fun. And for me, it was the minute details that went into the Breath of the yeah, Wild. There's... If I throw a weapon at someone and he catches it out of the air, or right. it's raining outside and I pull out a metal weapon, I'm yes. gonna get electrocuted. Yep. Or... or that if you put a flaming sword on your back, you don't get cold. Right. right. Like, think, think, small things. things like playing with the physics, like, all right, I have this ability to slow down time and hit something a lot, and then when the time unfreezes, it'll go flying, I'm going to stand on it. And then you just go flying with it. It's like, this is so much fun. Like, there's, it's such a playground of a game, but it still has stuff to find. Like, it's not like, it's not like it's just a physics puzzle or just like an open world. Like, there's always things to look for in that game. It was innovative, which is so what I satisfying. look so much for I, best game direction. I hope every open world game takes cues from Zelda moving forward because the design of that world not having a bunch of shit on the map to like okay I need to go collect this flag over here and this flag over here like just having the ability to want to explore it didn't feel like a checklist right with the like the possible exception of Koroks um, the yeah the Koroks but those were also also hidden so it yeah. didn't feel like you know if you just um, you know if you just make sure you go to all of the the marks you'll eventually get it all um, but, uh, you know, in, in the temples, like, there were certain things to, like, tick off, but it didn't feel like just go down the list and then you 100% the game. Right. For me, the Korok seeds definitely felt like a, like, an addition They were the, the closest game. thing to the busy work. Yeah. yeah but, but that's the thing is, like, I got a lot of, I, I can't, no, I did not get a lot of them. I got, like, a couple hundred out of, like, 900? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, that's the thing is, like, those things are in there for the people that want to keep looking for that stuff, but exactly. are but totally to. not mm -hmm. important for, for you to, to get otherwise. They're for the people that, like, really want to do everything Zelda has to oh, offer. Right. But you didn't have to, you didn't feel committed to doing those things right. as you played through the game. Yeah. Yeah. But I also, I do think the Guerrilla Games um, deserves a lot of credit for taking the risk they took with Horizon Zero Dawn because, uh, while, you know, it was definitely, I would say it was brave of Nintendo to toy with one of their most popular franchises and make the changes that they did for Zelda. Horizon Zero Dawn was such a shift for uh, for a studio like Guerrilla Games. And, you know, when you're a single studio, you don't know how some of those risks are going to pay off. And if it doesn't pay off, it could be the end of your studio. Mm -hmm. So um, they went outside their wheelhouse, very far outside their wheelhouse, and decided to create a totally different genre of game than they ever had before, set in this super crazy, unique world, and with, and they decided to go the, the stellar graphics route, like, let's it's go fully beautiful. in on it. The game is unbelievably pretty. Yeah. It, it really no is. And it makes uh, a lot of other games that run on the same platform look 
It makes a lot of PC games yeah, not look. It does. I mean, it really does. When we talk about art direction, I'll come back to this game and how much I love it. It's the one thing that would make me buy a PS4 Pro. Yeah. Yes, it's just that game alone. To see it a little bit prettier, just, just a, see little a little bit, bit prettier, get, a little get bit some of that, a little bit like, better get that frame rate. HDR, uh, all of it. So I think that um, Gorilla deserves a lot of credit for that. I think that um, the fact that we already talk about uh, Horizon in you know the the same realm as like the the Skyrims of the world and the the Breath of the Wilds of the world speaks very highly of what they did. This was their first attempt at that. This isn't perfecting a formula, which is one of the reasons I think we're talking about something like Super Mario Odyssey a lot less. Um, you know, it is uh, it's nominated for best game direction and it's very very good at what it does. But it is very much an iteration and a perfection of a formula they've already worked on. Horizon was a new thing for the studio, but plays completely polished. Yeah, like they've had so many, you know, they, they've been around this wheel a bunch of times before and have made it perfect. They just made it pretty freaking perfect right off the bat. Yeah, it's, a, so it's kind of a shame huge that props to them for that. These games were so good because I actually kind of, as an honorable mention, would bring up Resident Evil Seven Biohazard. It was such a refreshing like kind of innovative thing to bring back to the Resident Evil series, because after 5 and 6, I had definitely fallen off that series a lot, but <laughs> 7 was so different and so refreshing to jump back into, but I think it's... And in a lot of ways, a return to form. Exactly. 7 was scary, dude. I loved it. That's why I loved like, it. Like, I mean, that's... I mean, I, I liked Resident Evil 4 and 5 because I could play them and they weren't scary, but it's good that they're scary again, because I know people that's, want that. Well, that's the, that's like, the point of five, 5 was a pure action game. Like, 4 arguably had some scary parts, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm happy that... Horror fans get their their like flagship horror game back. And, and to be fair, seven spoiler alert for a game that's been out for a while does eventually turn into more of an action game. Hmm. But the beginning is definitely scary and had all those thrills that really pulled me back into the Resident Evil franchise. Interesting. Uh, but there's just so many good games that came out this year that there's completely like Resident Evil Seven is completely overshadowed by Breath of the Wild, Horizon Zero Dawn. I, I think for, I think for horror fans that they, they have that game in the, in their heart. It might not win the award that they wanted to win, but. But it wins there. Yeah, it wins the personal award. Um, uh, for, for, for a second, we should talk about Odyssey because we I, kn should. I know it is a like. Mind a you, like this will come form. up, like uh, Odyssey is nominated several times elsewhere as yeah. well, the, so we can talk about it in more depth. But the thing I want to say about this game is mm -hmm. that in almost every other Mario game, they're following a very similar formula of like let's bring back the boo levels and and like all of, like the like the standard Mario tropes, and in this game they went completely different. They're like, we're going to have every kingdom be its own unique thing that hasn't been in Mario before. They have, like, they start off with a dinosaur level. Well, they don't start off with it. But it's very early. They have, like, human people level. Like, they have, like, all these things that, like, you haven't seen in Mario games before. So they went for this, like, this mishmash of new ideas, and all of them work so well together, and I was never not interested. There's actually, I don't want to say too much, but there's a level that reminds me a lot of my favorite game ever, uh, and I, I was, like, I was kind of blown away by, like, someone put... Someone took a screenshot of that level and just wrote, like, a, a, used the title text from, from Dark Souls and put it over it. And I was like, wow, it looks exactly like a Dark Souls level. It was so great. But, yeah. I, I think that game's direction is very good. It might not be as, you know, it might not hold up to Horizon Zero Dawn or, or Breath of the Wild, but that, that game is commendable in, in what they do. Yeah, I think for, uh, for Super Mario Odyssey, the, um, the trick with their game direction is that 
every time they do a new title, they try to introduce something new. It is an iterative franchise. You, you know, a new Mario game comes out, you have a pretty decent idea what you're going to get. You're going you're gonna to jump on some stuff. There's going to be some Goombas. You know what to do with a Boo. There's going to be uh, warp pipes that you go down. Like, there are a lot of things that you go into um, understanding what you're going to get, uh, especially since this is uh, in the spirit of a Mario 64-type game. Right. But they also try and add something new. Every single time, and in this case, it was the the hat, the um, what do they call Cappy. it? Capturing. Yes, not a not possessing, capturing. Yeah. And uh, that and that really does change the way a game plays out, and what you expect out of it, what you can do, um, and it it upsets the formula of the game, but in a positive way. And they kept it really, really polished. Yeah. I mean, yeah. There's so much good about that game. So on on topic of best game direction of the five, which would you choose? For Wolf, best game direction? Wolfenstein 2, Resident Evil 7, Breath of the Wild, Odyssey, or Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah, I'm just going to go with Zero Dawn because that was, uh, I really liked the world they created, what they told me about it, and then the, the gameplay. So okay. Adam? Yeah, Breath of the Wild for me, man. That game is unbelievable. Ashley? There's something going on in the other room. Uh, for me, it is between Breath of the Wild, Horizon Zero Dawn. If I have to pick just one, uh, I'm going to pick Legend of Zelda for the same reasons um, that, that I hope that there are, that other open world adventure RPG type games also um, start to, I hope it like, you know, forges a path and like adds new things that other open yes. world games like, do. Yes, like take other universes and take the style that Zelda had made and like, uh, it's so good, like no. I just want to play more of it. Oh my God. Mine's Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Okay. I'd say Breath of the Wild takes it. You can fight I mean, I mean, we're, listen, we're not, this is not a democracy. No listen, uh, we all have our own personal preferences. We're not officially giving out the game awards. Right. Uh, Congratulations, Breath of the Wild wins the video game awards of the direction. <laughs> Your yearly iteration um, of Zelda. Hey. But to be fair, hey. on my nominees list, I wish it they was were Horizon yeah, Zero really. on and, and Breath <laughs> of the Wild. I put both of those on there. Yeah, uh, and the, the next category, best narrative. Uh, and there are... Um, this does mix up a little bit. There are a lot of different types of games on here. There's Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, Near Automata, What Remains of Edith Finch, and Wolfenstein 2, The New Colossus. Wow, it's been nominated a lot. Which, what? Wolfenstein. Oh, yes. Again, not undeserved, but I just uh, honestly was not expecting that it would get so many uh, critical nods. Yeah, I think um, this one is tough because, uh, so this is, best narrative is uh, best storytelling, essentially. Um, the game that has the best story and executes it uh, perfectly. And these are all very different stories and very different types of storytelling. Yeah. You know, you get uh, something that's a little bit more indie, like What Remains of Edith Finch. Uh, you know, you get a, a Yoko Taro special with Nier Automata that has a lot to say about humanity. It has like and 14 different endings or what, A billion endings. Kind of. <laughs> I'll, we'll get into it. Yeah. I, I, well, we don't have to talk about the ending specifically, but yeah. Uh, you get like you get something like Hellblade, which explores, you know, things like, uh, like, like mental illness. Uh, and has a lot to say on that. You get Horizon Zero Dawn, which um, executes the open-world RPG uh, story flawlessly. Um, you know, but it is a very different type of story. And then you get Wolfenstein 2, which is an action game that still has um, a lot to say. So what are your thoughts on this? I know hands down what mine is. What's yours? Mine is Nier Automata. Okay, why? Uh, that game, to, e to, put it easy, to put it easiest, that game made me feel feelings. Like, that game makes you question what it means to be human. It makes you think about just 
all sorts of different like morals and morality with like just what does it mean to kill someone? What does it mean to live? Like it's it goes into so many different themes and really you get into the minds of the characters. It has some great um, just storytelling things that it does. I don't want to get too much On into an it. Too epic spoiled. scope as well. Oh yeah, it's it's great. Um, and even then, like it does things where you so the the endings aren't aren't so much endings as just different playthroughs of the game right. from different perspectives. Um, and each of those, like as you play through each of those perspectives, tells something different or gives you more something more to dive into from another perspective that you played through earlier. And it just I could play through that game over and over again, and just like that story each time will blow me away. Um, from this list, honestly, the, the the one that caught me by surprise the most and uh, is probably What Remains of Edith Finch. Um, it's also not, it doesn't feel like a singular story. Um, it is, it's like this person in the house uh, experiencing like, or finding out how everyone else died because they're, they're like, I guess they're cursed or something. Um, but the way they tell each individual story, it's, it's, a, it's a two hour game, but the way they tell each individual story is done in a completely different manner. Like one is uh, you're working at like a fish packing plan, like you're you're chopping the heads off the fish and you're moving the fish around. And like one is like you're swinging on a swing, and and all of them are so like almost all of them are extremely compelling and like they they make you feel emotion. Um, and by the end of it, you're like this is it is a great two hour story. Um, I can't speak to most of these other ones because I haven't completed them, but um, what remains to do with the finch was. A very unique experience to to be able to hear all those different perspectives and stories. I really liked it. Then all sort of like add up to a single yeah. story. I think the I mean the, really the only one on that list that I beat so far is Zero Dawn. I haven't yeah. played Near Automa, uh, Automata or What say, Remains of Edith. You can play Automata. You can say Automata. Automata. I've heard it both ways. Yeah. Automobile. I haven't, no matter, I haven't played Near an Automobile. Um, uh, Run. No matter which way you say it. Yeah, uh, someone on the internet will tell you that it's mm -hmm. it is it is equally wrong any way pronounced. Correct. Uh, I, I call it N A. Stupid! I do and mumble the title. No, 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 no. Near, I don't remember. Or just call it near, and everyone will be like, ah. You know, the one that didn't work when it was released that well. Well, uh, PC. Yeah. PC. I mean, superior platform. Yeah, that's yeah, the problem. Uh, I mean, I, I as I've already said, I really like the the narrative in um, Zero Dawn, but I feel like not having completed most of these that. Uh, I don't have. It's a hard category. I can't I give yeah, it a I fair think, shake. I think this one is tough for discussion. Yeah. In that, um, you know, what people look for in a story um, and how that how that ties into the gameplay, it's, it is going to be a little bit different for everyone. I think everyone uh, goes into games a little bit differently and takes something different away from them. For me, um, I actually really love what they did with uh, with Hellblade uh, and the way that they oh, used um, like they used technology. You, you're like you're not so much. <sighs> It, had, it was a really interesting idea. Okay. Had a lot of cool ideas to it. I think you played it as I, well, I right? I played some of it. I, I, I got put off by the, the game itself, not necessarily yeah. the story. Agreed, yeah. Um, the, it eventually, the gameplay gets really in the way of telling the story. Yeah. Especially, I think I got basically to the, I'm told within like half an hour or an hour of the end, um, in which your character is just like in a constant limp trying to get to the next thing. I'm like, this is what you want me to do right now. Is, is instead of playing your game, you want me to take five minutes to limp my ass to the other side of this island. Just streamline this for me a little bit. There's no reason for this experience. They're not telling me any story. I'm just fucking limping. You haven't you haven't crawled into the microwave area in Metal Gear Solid 4, huh? 
<laughs> no, I never. Uh, and that, if that, again, if it happens in other games, I <laughs> equally disagree with literally it there, the Dave. climax of the game is like you're just slowly crawling. It's great. That was kind of a problem at the beginning of Metal Gear Solid Five, where you're just like, all right, it's a super problem. <laughs> Hold on, let me fall down again. I think what really did it. Don't for make a joke about that. People was hate that. It, um, it kind of came out of nowhere for me. I actually played the game on a, on a kind of on a whim. Uh, one of my friends bet me twenty dollars, basically, that I couldn't beat it in a weekend, and that's a lot of game. But just kind of, I went from, all right, I bet I can do this just simply to, for the bragging rights, and then into, no, I really want to play more of this game because it's Sunday, and I've probably dumped 40 hours in this game already, but I just want to keep going until I get to the end. But what, I'm actually kind of surprised it's not represented more in other areas. So what, what was it about Hellblade's story that you were so into? Um, I liked the way they actually used technology to explore um, what they wanted to what they wanted to say, with, um, in particular with like their... Um, binaural audio mm -hmm. um, and with so much of it just coming from like all around you and feeling like a lot of that is in your head um, you know whispers. and I yeah There's and I really thought that they, that they did a fantastic job executing in this very specific area I mean I can agree that some of the gameplay um, didn't necessarily support the story as well as it could have uh, but I think that overall it ended up being like really interesting it was a really uh, unique method of storytelling and it um, it, it knew what it wanted to say, and it said it very well. So that's why I think that. But I think that's going to be a tough category in general, because yeah. we all said something different. Yeah, so. Um, right. The next category was Best Art Direction. Uh, the nominees for that, uh, Cuphead, ah. Destiny 2, Horizon Zero Dawn, Persona 5, and Breath of the Wild. Damn. Man. Uh, yeah. For me, for me that comes down to three. Comes, for me, it comes down to Cuphead, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, and Persona 5. Ooh, I'm, I'm close. For me, it comes down to Cuphead, Horizon Zero Dawn, and Destiny 2. <laughs> that, man, that, like, Destiny 2, playing that in 4K is what really pushed me to, like, really want a 4K so console and play more games. My argument there. against Destiny yes. is that it is, it is a really pretty game. Mm. That's built on top of an existing pretty game. That said, I mean, I would give that game the award for best skybox. <laughs> Uh, did have amazing skyboxes. I don't know if I could give that game the award for best art direction. Um, yeah, that's why it's not what I'm going to pick for my final one, right. but I, that's definitely something that stood out to me. So for me, I think the top of this list is Cuphead uh, because there's never been anything like it. And Except when that was all there was like it. In terms of video games, though. Yes. Like this hand-animated, every inch of the screen is beautiful. Like every animation... Changes what like, and it is an absolute love letter to classic animation. Like the mm -hmm. rotoscoping, everything was just like you look at it and you it looks like you're you're not playing a game, you're playing a cartoon. Yeah, and yep. I, I kind of want to put that game in the the best direction category as well because they nailed it uh, in terms of like nailing it, uh, a like 30s style cartoon mm -hmm. in a video game. But goddamn man, every part of that game is gorgeous. Uh, like. From the enemy design to the way it's a bullet hell game, and there's just always, there's so much happening at once. Uh, to the backgrounds, that man, that game to me is the most unique looking game, and by far like the best, like the most visually attractive game. I think the arts, like the thing to say about that game is that if it looked like another game and it was as hard as it was, I would not play it. But the art style carries me through that game because I want to see everything. Yeah, um, the the um, I would agree that the. Art style and the the way they can present it visually had like that had me stick with a lot of the like frustrations and difficulty that with, if it 
was not that game, if it didn't look like that, I might have just been like, you, you know what? No, I'm done. Mm -hmm. I am done. But it was so relentlessly charming yep. about it that I, you know, it's like you can forgive it a lot. You're like, you're such an asshole, but I really love you. Yeah, if you look at like just a lot of the minute details that went into the art, and then if you followed the the directors of the game and like the passion they had for the project and like how much they wanted this to work, like, yeah, I think I would absolutely give it to Cuphead. Yep. Ryan? Sure, I can go for that. <laughs> it's a it's a hard category. Like every one of those has has incredible redeeming uh, features, but yeah, that one is definitely. If you look at it as which one stands out amongst the others. It's, that one is clearly in a different space. So yeah, I will say also for Art Direction, Horizon Zero Dawn. Like I've never, I don't think I've ever seen such a strong juxtaposition of like here are these like tribal people standing next to these like giant mechanical structure like beings. One being you know their society being built off the pieces of the yeah. right. Like that game's Art Direction is also kind of never. It's never been done, and it's it's incredible. Yep. Um, and the the just level of detail and technology that they managed to fit into that yeah. game is staggering. Yeah, like I, I don't think I've ever stopped more to admire a game's beauty on a PlayStation yeah. than I have with that game. I period. didn't know the PlayStation games could look like that. It's yeah. the one. Game I didn't know that games full stop could look like that. Yeah. Right. It's the one game that could convince me to upgrade to a PS4 Pro. Like that's kind of my major argument yeah. for it. Is it's that. Gorgeous. Spectacular. I will say, uh, I did maybe do the same thing in a couple levels in Uncharted 4. Like okay. the Madagascar level, I was like, holy fuck. It's Fair enough. Fun. Yeah, Uncharted <laughs> does that um, that quick open up sequence very, very well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so next category is best score in music. Uh, Cuphead is again nominated. Uh, so is Destiny 2, Nier Automata, <laughs> Persona 5, Super Mario Odyssey, and Breath of the Wild. I never play games with music on. Really? Oh, oh is it because captured. you stream? Man, I've never had that problem. I've, I've always done it. Almost never, yeah. Uh, your gaming experience must be so Yeah, different. You're, you're definitely losing a lot. Because well, I feel like music carries me through a lot. I mean, 90% of my gameplay is also talked over as well. So, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. I, uh, I have no input. I don't think, I mean, this is a, I don't know if people agree with me, but the, uh, the soundtrack of Destiny 2 is like kind of unbelievable. It carries the story so well, and like, it 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 makes the emotion of the game like actually hit. Like the game, people don't really like. A lot of people don't like the story, but for me, like the moments like when you lose your ghost and you're like crawling through the city and like going through this like sort of fast forwarded sequence, that nails it. It nails it on like the, the when it, when you get to something that's like a big like visual piece, like it nails the epic scope. Um, that game sound good. Yeah. <laughs> Period. <laughs> um, the one that uh, I think it comes down to for me is actually Persona. The reason being, um, that's the, like that game, I can hear the music in my head afterwards. Hmm. Um, but not, like I'm not annoyed by it. Uh, you know, and I will sometimes put the soundtrack, um, you know, like find the soundtrack or something um, on YouTube and I'll just keep it playing in the background. Like, it, uh, you know, but then it does, if I hear something and I'm like starting to get like, I'll, like amped up and I don't know why and then I realize it's the music like it it's trained me very very well mm -hmm. so I thought that it uh the music for for Persona tied in so well with the visual style of the game which uh was in itself like super unique and which is why I, I like seeing it under art direction it's a it is another iteration of Persona's art style so I can see not being you know 
like crazy and revolutionary, but they, um, it was just like so well, like they, they went together really, really well. Um, and I thought that the score uh, really amplified and complemented uh, all of the gameplay and everything that I was doing. Uh, and I never, I never got tired of it. I know Bernie did, but he also wasn't, <laughs> he also wasn't playing. Sure. So I don't think that input's very valid. <laughs> I'm actually Oosh. split between both of you. Like I really, for two different reasons. Destiny 2's soundtrack, I would go out of my way to just sit and listen to while I'm working or like while I'm trying to get through something. But Persona 2, or sorry, sorry, not Persona 2, Persona 5 soundtrack is something I would just have in the background, like just all day. Um, it's like, so I have the Persona 5 theme on the PS4, or PS, yeah, PS4. And it plays that like da, na, 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 over and over again, and I'll just leave my like home music or menu up and just kind of let that play throughout the house all day. Yeah. Um, um, I don't and, know what I choose. <laughs> and it's got great vocal work as well. Just oh yeah. Say that. Um, if you haven't checked out the soundtrack, I highly recommend it. It's like a I don't even know what genre I would call it. I don't know my genres of music all that well, but I think like it's a little acid jazzy. Yeah. Acid jazzy. All right. Like you drop acid and listen to jazz, or is it like sure. is it crunchy? I don't know what crunchy means. You don't know what crunchy means? Like no. in relation to music? Some, like, like I said, I don't know my music terms. <laughs> some crunchy tones, like it's could get some gain to it. Uh, Adam goes home at the end of the day, he's like, throw on some crunchy tunes. I mean, dude, yes. I, I love crunchy rock. It's great. Fair enough. Uh, I don't know what that means. Okay, best performance. <laughs> um, so we got um, Ashley Birch from Horizon Zero Dawn as Aloy, Brian Bloom from Wolfenstein to the New Colossus as BJ. Uh, Terror Billy. Terror Billy. Uh, Claudia Black from Uncharted the Lost Legacy as Chloe Fraser. Uh, Laura Bailey from Uncharted the Lost Legacy as Nadine Ross. And Melina Huergens from Hellblade as Senua. I really hope I said uh, Melina's last name correctly. It's yeah. either uh, Huergens or Jorgens. Dude, uh, the girl from Hellblade, like Probably. her her performance Probably, capture yeah. is unbelievable. It really is spectacular. They're all good. They're I mean, all very very good. I think that um, the Ashley Birch was a very humanizing performer for Aloy. I think that she brought a lot to making Aloy feel relatable. And I think that her, I mean, Ashley Birch's range is incredible. Yeah. That she can go from like a like a Borderlands to um, Life is Strange to a Horizon Zero Dawn, and she's. She she nailed it. Like I would, I never go into a game and be like, "Oh, Ashley Birch is doing a great job." She just was Aloy for me. I think a lot of this will come down to just the kind of role available, and I, the Hellblade was the meatiest role to really dig into in terms of just like you're dealing with a character at extremes of mental stress. Right. Well, and I think that um, the. For Hellblade in particular, it's the character that drives you through a lot of it. Mm -hmm. With something like Horizon, you know, a lot of people will play it to explore the world. Mm -hmm. And Aloy is the is their their avatar for doing so. Uh, similar to uh, for uh, Uncharted, uh, I think that uh, Claudia Black and Laura Bailey did a fantastic job. But you also play it a lot of times for the gameplay. And it's amplified by the characters, yeah. by liking the characters. Uh, you know, whereas Hellblade, if you don't like that character, if you don't empathize and feel invested in helping her get through this, then you're not going to play the game. Yeah. I and think that, that she's the, the most critical to that game experience. She's also, like, in a role that is not... She's not playing a standard character. Like, she's has to, she has to convey, like, such a complex, wide range of emotions... Being that she's like scared and like 
she has this mental illness that she's battling, and and it's like it is it comes through so well uh, that like it's to me it's by far the best of this. And it never feels cartoonish. No, Mm-mm. it all feels extremely real. It's very nuanced. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's beautiful. So that one is mine, hands down. Cool. I think I would go with Ashley Birch. Never gonna be upset if something good happens for Zero Dawn. So. <laughs> Um, so there's uh, the next category. This is the games for uh, impact, and this is one that um, I will admit I've played several of these games. I haven't played all of these games. Well, I completed one of them. Okay. List. So the games for impact is um, games with a social message, games with something to say gotcha. about the world, about society, um, you know, about about people, humanity. Um, these are Bury Me, My Love um, by the Pixel Hunt Figs, uh, Martin Platius, uh, Hellblade Sinoa's Sacrifice by Ninja Theory, Life is Strange Before the Storm by Deck Nine and Square Enix, uh, Night in the Woods by Infinite Fall, Please Knock on My Door by um, Level Games 8B, and What Remains of Edith Finch from Giant Sparrow and Annapurna. For me, it, can, it goes back to Hellblade again, which I didn't expect to come up in, um, in so many of the for me, quite so frequently in these categories, uh, but if I had to pick one category where I really think it shines, it's Games for Impact, because it has a lot to say about mental illness uh, and the, the humanity of someone struggling with it. Yeah, I, I would agree that that is probably the most, for me, is the most important message uh, conveyed in a game this year. Uh, however, I, I didn't play a lot of Night in the Woods, but what I did play, play was very, like, it hit home in a lot of ways, where it's like, all right, I'm... I, I had some rough times after college going back to my hometown. I was like, wow, these are way too real for me. Uh, and, and that was a really good, like, I connected to that, me- the message. It was like in the little nuanced stories it was telling very well. But I think the I think I agree with you. In I finished yeah. Night in the Woods. And yeah. yeah, a lot of that definitely hit home. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was really interesting seeing what they have to say, more or less about, um, like, towns dying on the, you know, on the downswing. People... Uh, you know, moving away to big cities or whatever, and these smaller towns that are, you know, not like on an artery anywhere, um, that are just slowly decaying yep. and, and slowing down and are on their way out. For a game with like a cutesy animal art direction style, like it tackles a lot on like depression and, you know, what happens, like, say, if you are like a college dropout heading back home and what that feels like. and. Yeah you know, just what it means to pursue what you want to do in life and trying to make that decision. Yeah, it was... It, the, and the, doing crimes. The doing thing, crimes. The thing that really uh, hit home for me was, see, like, I, I was a... I, I guess I was, a, I was a college dropout. And seeing... When, you, when you're growing up, you see that the, your town and your community is like people that will always be in your life. But they've, it very rapidly changes around college age when people start going off to college. But then you realize, like, not only that, but people are just moving on and being successful in life. And when you see that happening from a position where you're unsuccessful, it hurts. And oh, yeah. that game really brought that up. So is that, that's a good message for me personally. I don't know if it's the most important or the, the one I would pick for Games for Impact, though. Yeah, it's, again, it's, there's a lot of titles on this list that I just have no experience with, so... Yeah, and you know, I think it's important to point Uninformed. out that we, you know, we haven't played absolutely every one of these. So there's yeah. some of them that we may be disregarding that are yeah. spectacular, just because we don't know. And if you have, you know, recommendations like things that, that we should make sure that we check these out. Honestly, the fact that they're nominated wants to make right. me check them out just so that I know, because you know, a lot of people clearly 
wanted to put these games forward because they like you know what they have to say. But yeah. uh, if you have any in particular, absolutely let us know. I'm always looking to add to the backlog <laughs> that I'll never complete. Um, best ongoing games. So this is games that were not necessarily released this year, uh, but that are continuing to be um, updated. Uh, this is primarily uh, online online yep. games. Uh, the nominees being Destiny 2, Grand Theft Auto Online, Overwatch, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, Rainbow Six Siege, and Warframe. Interesting list. Okay, I've heard a lot about Warframe recently. How it's it's evolved dramatically. Um, I think there are a lot of people as well who see Warframe as uh, an alternative to a game like Destiny 2. Mm. That's what I keep hearing. And it's free to play. So. I mean, I, yes, I've played it for probably more than anyone here, but very little as well. So I don't I don't have a really good opinion of it. Although apparently it's open world now. It is. I've heard that from. From my small experience playing it, it uh, felt a little bit grindy and maybe a little bit dry. And I don't want to offend anyone because I didn't play a ton of it. So that's it's as much as I that's as much as I can say. It's a free to play game. Yeah. So that's good. I might dive into it. I'll report back. Uh, yeah. Um, it's weird to see Destiny on this list considering it just came out and they haven't yeah. released any real content expansions. Well, they haven't the range, had a I huge guess. expansion, but the they, you know, they are like a, but a they are release. adding and doing new events. They're doing uh, events. You know, like they, yeah, they, like they have these content plans. I think that it would be doing it a disservice to pretend that they haven't uh, been doing and adding to it since it launched. Yeah. They are, and they, you know, it is going to continue to be updated. So they I, haven't I had the expansion release or anything right. yet, but they are doing uh, new content on a, um, an extremely regular basis. I would like to revisit that idea of this as an ongoing game when they what in a year when I see when what else okay. what else they've they've added to it because so far I like the game um, but after playing through it on PS4 completing the raid getting to 304 I think um, I don't I'm not really compelled to keep going even though I think some of the armor that they're releasing in the Iron Banner is really cool you know a lot of stuff they're doing right now is PvP based like Iron Banner and uh, Trials of Osiris and that sort of stuff is not necessarily for me um, so I want to see what they do in a year or so, um, or by the end of a year or so. I'm interested to see what happens December 2nd, because I think 2nd or the 4th is when the next DLC drops. Yeah. There's supposed to be some live streams over the next three weeks where they're talking about what they're going to do with the DLC. That, for me, is going to kind of tell me where the game is headed. But I, and kind of on there, maybe I'll take a break and come back in a year. A little, yeah, I'm a little worried it's going to be end up like uh, the, 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 the iron, what is that, the, the wolf? The House of Wolf, Wolves expansion, yeah. uh -huh. or which was less than an expansion, more of like a small content patch, but we'll see. For me, uh, on this list, it's a tie between Overwatch and Grand Theft Auto Online. Those two games keep adding fun new expansions that you kind of wouldn't really expect, especially like Overwatch, where they release like, all right, cool, here's Horde Mode with Junkenstein's Revenge. It's available in a limited window, and you can play with your friends and get a few achievements, and it'll be back in a year. Yeah. But they kind of keep throwing like fun new things in there. Lucio Ball, you know... That's something they keep adding to, adding new champions, kind of changing, making it a malleable game. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, GTA Online is is constantly, completely changing how the online experience for that game can be played. So, that's pretty cool, especially this far after launch. I'd say like they're a good example of what you're saying, where it's like, let's see what they do with it in a year. And right. What Rockstar did with that in a year is release, uh, you know, air a whole new, uh, you know, air air. Smuggling thing, uh, the the bunker system, the a bunch of car stealing missions, the special vehicle stuff, like all, a lot of that has been this year. Uh, they've really added a lot to the game. Um, Rainbow Six Siege actually has added a lot of 
just, uh, not just because I'm wearing the hat. <laughs> there it is. Uh, a lot of uh, new operators. They, they, I'd really like to see more maps from them, though. Uh, new operators are cool. Get you, you know, you want to play it, like check out the new operator. But new maps would be even more interesting. Yeah. All right. So, which one would you give this to? GTA. Okay. I mean, I just the game. Aside from the fact that professionally we get so much legs out of it, just they really are committed to providing a lot of content to their online service. Adam. Um, I sort of fell off Overwatch, uh, so I can't really give it to that one because their content stream wasn't for me. Um, the only one I've played recently really is Destiny 2, so I guess I would give it to that one, but I don't know. I'm still kind of wait and seeing, so I'm going to maybe count myself out of this one a little bit. Yeah, I'm going to abstain on this one just because I don't, I don't play enough of these games for a long enough period of time to feel like any sort of authority in any way. <laughs> I think I'd do GTA. All right. Well, there you go. Um, so there are still like a billion categories. Yeah. So I'm just going to start jumping around. Let's jump, let's jump around to the ones that would matter to us. Um, all right. Let's well, jump around to the ones that... Best role-playing game. Best role, yeah, let's talk about best role-playing game. Right. Okay, so best role-playing game. Uh, and there are some really good ones this year. Uh, Divinity Original Sin 2 from yes. Marion. Yeah. Final Fantasy 15, Square Ooh. Enix. Uh, Nier Automata from Platinum Games. Uh, Persona 5 from Atlas. And South Park The Fractured Butthole from uh, Ubisoft. Well, um, my I have two, the two that like, hit home the most for me, Persona 5 uh, and Divinity Original Sin 2. Great. Which are completely different types of games, but hey, they're both role-playing games. Yep. Man. It is hard. So, so Poor Mass Effect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, oddly enough, I noticed that is nowhere in any of the nominations. Interesting. Gee, odd. Not even best facial animation. <laughs> Fun. Um, Man, uh, Divinity Original Sin 2 is, is probably top of my list here. I, I think, know you're probably Persona, right? Well, so both of those games, the reason that I go for them, I think they're, like, all these games are very strong, very good games. But those are the two that surprised me the most. Uh, okay. Persona, I had never played a Persona game. So I, the reason I played it, it was getting great reviews. Uh, and everyone was saying, like, I think you would like it. And I was like, I don't know, like, modern day RPG, I... Don't know if this is really my my thing. So I went into it. Uh, I, I you know I put aside some of my skepticism and went into to playing it because of the reviews and everyone was just saying it's such a wonderful experience and it blew me away. But you know and it was not something that I expected to spend hundreds of hours playing. Uh, but I absolutely did. And then um, similarly, Divinity Original Sin 2. I had played a little bit of the original, but uh, it was uh, after it came out. But didn't really know like what I was doing or where I was going, and I fell off it pretty quickly just because I did feel aimless. Sure. And then uh, with Divinity Original Sin 2, I'm not entirely sure what the difference was there, but um, I felt, instead of feeling aimless, I felt enabled to just go around and explore. I had an idea sort of what it was that I needed to accomplish in a, you know, to drive the story forward, and I did what I always do, which is everything but that. But I knew what it was that I needed to do. Sure. Um, you know, and so I felt like there was maybe a little bit more guidance for me, just sort of some sort of safety rope to to lead me through the story, should I so choose. Mm -hmm. But should I so not choose, there are a billion other things to do. Uh, and it's just, some of the gameplay was so deep. And some of the, like, there was just so many 
uh, little secrets and hidden things around there that would encourage you to come back as a different type of character or switch between your different characters because that's something that you could do and it's not something you can do in a lot of games. A lot of times, you know, you're like playing, you know, uh, like Final Fantasy 15. It's like, great, you're, you know, you're, you're Noctis for the most part. Um, you know, you have these, these uh, you know, the additional stories and you do have these parts where you play as the other characters. But for the most part, um, you know, you play this guy. And you do in Divinity as well, but you can switch around to any of them and like, great, now they're kind of party leader. Um, because it's you and you're making the choices. And I just really enjoyed uh, being able to switch between all the different characters and see how the world reacts to those different characters um, differently. Yeah, I, I need to play more of Divinity. Uh, because I've played a bunch of it, but not enough of it. But that game thus far has been like just the the most pure fantasy, like high fantasy RPG experience, man. It, there's so much character to all that game. It's so great. I kind of want to give a honorable mention of Final Fantasy, though. Okay. That game uh, kind of every like little system that they have and every like going into just like the bars or not the bars, like the diners, like there's so much there in terms of like personality and, and like, God, it oozes, like, so much fun just to, like, explore that world. And I've never really been into Final Fantasy. Uh, but, like, going into the city and talking to people and riding chocobos, man, chocobo song is good. But, like, every, <laughs> like, every little part of that game has so much, like, personality to it. And, like, I feel like it has so much thought put into just, like, making it fun uh, that I really love that game. Never finished it, but I really loved it. Hmm. You have anything I mean, all, all I'm learning from going down these lists is that I've missed all the good games this year. Oh, I, just, I, I didn't have time for Final Fantasy. I didn't have time for well, the original the, um, Persona the 5. I just, RPG oh. category is a tough one. It is. Because you look at any one of these games, well, maybe not South Park, but uh, uh, you look at all these games and you're looking at 100 hours. I haven't even gotten to South Park yet. You know, I, that's I was a, finishing that's Shadow of War and went into Call of, Duty, Call of Duty World War II. I mean, Ryan, some people would say the holidays are for family, but other people might say that the holidays are for catching up on your backlog. So. I, I used to go home on Christmas and just play RPGs. Like, that's my plan. I did that too. That was, that was where my Oblivion, Morrowind, all those were holiday titles for yeah, me. Fun stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I'm having a really hard time with this one. I, I guess somewhere along the line, 2017 became the year of the RPG for me because I've played most of all of these games. Um, I'm having a really hard time choosing between, I think, Persona 5 and Divinity just because Persona was so much fun and I loved that RPG experience and really felt like I was going back to a lot of the older RPG games I used to play, like Final Fantasy VI and like other Persona games. But Divinity, man, there's so much you can do with that game, and yeah. there's so much story there. I still want to dive into like the DM. I want to, I want to play some some DM stuff. I would love to create yeah. like a game mm -hmm. for you three, yeah. and just like see what chaos reigns from sure. all of you. Be great. All right, let's look at best action game. Ooh, girl, I'm so glad you picked this one. <laughs> <laughs> um, I probably know these nominees. Okay, you want to take a wild guess? No. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Cuphead, Destiny 2, Neo, Prey, and Wolfenstein 2. There's Wolfenstein Oh, again. man. It's weird, weird so. to see Neo on action game and not RPG. Or, sorry, not, not Neo, uh, Prey. Yeah, but, it, you know, this absolutely was. It was... Um, I'd, yeah, was, I'd say it's maybe like a horror action game. Yeah, right. Fair enough. I like it a lot to Bioshock. I mean... Uh -huh. I, uh, for me, Bioshock was an RPG. Really? What? No, I would. I mean, I would it's like, call a, that it's like a shooting RPG. I mean, there was uh, maybe not. I don't no, know. No, I'd call it an action game still. Uh, just, I don't know. The character progression stuff to me felt RPG-ish. Whatever. This is we're off topic here. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, no, no. Glitch, please. <laughs> okay. Uh, For me, oof. I think 
I think I would say I know it's an it's a bit of an outlier, but uh, Cuphead. Okay. Ooh. I you know I don't often enjoy games that go out of their way to frustrate me, mm. but Cuphead managed to make it enjoyable. Okay, I completely agree with what you're saying. <laughs> uh, I think my the best action game this year was Neo. I think it did not get a lot of love, but that game is. Pretty unbelievable. It's on the list. It's on the list. I'm it's saying, getting totally, some love. Totally. Yeah. But it, it came out so early, I almost forgot about it. I don't even know what game that is. Um, a lot of people refer to it as Samurai Dark Souls. Okay. Um, it And I can understand where that comparison comes from. You have my uh, attention? What's that? You have my attention? Yeah, no, it Let's is. Going. So it is uh, themed in like this, a samurai fantasy-esque world. Okay. Um, it does control, it does have a lot of the same... Uh, Intricacies as Dark Souls, where it was very combat-focused and, and like finding gear and, and challenge-focused, uh, but it was very fast-paced and it's it's almost like a mix of Samurai Dark Souls with Ninja Gaiden because it's made by Team Ninja. It, it feels very uh, like you have different stances that you're, you're you're fighting in that are like slow, heavy, or fast, or sorry, slow, medium, fast, um, and you kind of bounce between your stances. And the combat itself is a puzzle. Um, and getting good at that puzzle is extremely satisfying. And on top of that, you have a really compelling world to play in, and you have a lot of loot to find, and it, it's very long and very challenging, and sometimes too challenging, uh, but that's how those games go. Uh, but it, in terms of a game focused on combat, uh, that's all about the action for me. Like That is the one, because mastering the combat is the most fun part of that game. All right, one Love more game it. to add to my backlog. <laughs> <All right. laughs> uh, and then uh, related, I'm actually a lot of these games we've already discussed, but um, I feel like we'd be doing it a disservice if we didn't talk about best action adventure game. So this is a slashy. It's action and adventure. Oh, slashy. Um, and it's uh, Assassin's Creed Origins, Horizon Zero Dawn, Super Mario Odyssey, Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild, and Uncharted: The Lost Legacy. Tell us about Assassin's Creed. I haven't played it. You're, really? I haven't played it. I played it. Okay, great. It, I, too many things came out too close together. It is. Assassin's Creed is a lot of fun. There's a lot to do. Um, it's very refreshing uh, in terms that it's different from a lot of the other Assassin's Creed games, especially with like The year off was good yeah. for yeah. the franchise. Yeah. But it's no Zero Dawn. It's no Zero Dawn. I, I wouldn't compare it to a lot of these other games on this list. Um, it was a lot of fun, and I'm looking forward to jumping back into it and completing the game. Uh, and the gameplay mechanics have been very refreshing and a lot of fun to jump back into. But man, they don't really compare to Horizon Zero Dawn. <laughs> so does that game have uh, I saw in one of the preview, like a, a, a trailer, that it had like a giant snake person. Is that like, is that a fa is that become a fantasy game? Or is that just like a weird like a dream sequence? A little bit. I don't know if I've gotten there yet, okay. but I know there is a like battle of the gods. Well, uh, yeah, you straight up fight Anubis yeah. in the one of their like, uh, it's kind of like an, uh, elusive targets from Hitman, where it's yeah. like the periodic like, all right, now there's a god over there. Go kick his ass. I would and like, apparently creatures will be part of that as well. That's the most that's the most compelling thing about that game to me is that it steps away from just killing people. I'm gonna be honest, the the boss the fight against Anubis was real lackluster. Great. All right. It was like uh <laughs> he pops out of the ground, it's like this giant god thing, and he's just like hyenas. All right. And they hyenas come at you. And occasionally Great. he goes, 
and dust comes at you. Awesome. And then occasionally he's like, ha, and like little people jump out at you, but you never like, and you're just kind of like shooting arrows at him. It's never like your Shadow of the Colossus where you're like, I'm going to climb on this god and stab him in the ear. Gotcha. In terms it's not like of action, God of War where you're like, I'm getting after this bastard. It's like, there he is. In terms of action adventure, it's a lot of fun to do Assassin's Creed things in it. Climb towers, look at the beautiful, like, you know, areas that you can get to, like, explore the map. Like have, an, have an adventure, do some actions. Exactly. Yeah. Kill some gods. <laughs> yeah, oddly enough, um, even though, you know, the, uh, in other categories um, where it c comes between Horizon Zero Dawn and uh, Breath of the Wild, I've gone for Breath of the Wild. I think for, as a pure action adventure game, I think I actually like Horizon better for this. You think it does action better? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that, uh, I think that uh, Breath of the Wild does a lot of things really well. One of the few frustrating things about it is that I frequently avoided action because it would break all the weapons that I really like. Um, you know, whereas so I, you know, I felt like I was sometimes avoiding the action part of it in favor of just as much of the adventure as I could get. Whereas, um, you know, in Horizon, you know, you did have to like go through and like crafting stuff and collecting everything. So there's a little bit of, of that as well. You know, if you're like, oh, I'm gonna run out of arrows or something. But uh, I didn't feel, I didn't feel feel compelled to lean away from the action at any point with Horizon. I, so I kind of feel the opposite. Uh, okay. and, and, and for for me, in games I normally play one way. I will get a big heavy sword or a hammer and smash stuff. Uh, and, in, and in Zelda, you can't do that because you'll lose your heavy sword and it will break. So what it compelled me to do was use a variety of weapons. So I would stock up as much as I could and kick as much ass in as many different ways as I could. And I really, really liked that about the game. It made me experience different weapons that I probably wouldn't have had I been able to just focus on one thing. Uh, I mean, I went from using giant boomerangs to using like spears and stuff like that and experiencing all their movesets in different ways and that was really fun to me. And I think on the opposite spectrum in Horizon Zero Dawn, uh, it focuses primarily on bow-based combat, uh, which is something I didn't, I was not good at, so therefore I didn't find fun. Um, and I know a lot of people loved it, and obviously a lot of people loved it. And I'm probably the outlier here, but I just could not get into shooting stuff with a bow. And, okay. and also just like the, I would get into those like really hard dungeons and I would get into things where I was managing like, oh, I'm totally out of ammo for all the things I need to kill this giant monster now, and there's really nothing I can do. Um, that to me was frustrating. Um, and so I felt like the, I like the action parts better in, uh, in Zelda. Okay. I also obviously like the adventure parts better because <laughs> it's like the most pure adventure game ever. It feels like an actual adventure. So. Sure. Yeah, I, could see, I agree with you. I agree with you on that. I think Zelda had that good combination of fun action and the like puzzles of fighting some of the bosses. Some of the bosses were pretty much straight up just, you know, blow them away with your bone arrow. But yeah. Some get of get the bomb arrows. Stay far away. Right. Freeze the definitely, ice block. definitely in the, 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 if you prepare for those boss fights in Zelda, like they're a joke. Especially Ganondorf going with the ancient arrows, like rah, this is over in two shots. But the adventure of like traversing this large map and going to these different yeah. shrines and all the puzzle solving that goes into that, some of them just being basic puzzles and some of them being, how do I get, do I do that? And then I go there and then I, okay, cool. And like, that was a lot of fun. That's right. where I would give it its action adventure yeah. to. Okay. Nah, I'm still zero dawn. I know you are. <laughs> I mean. It was just, a, it had the adventure of it. The Zelda still carries a lot of Zelda baggage. Like. Oh, I bet I'm going to fight some kind of something that says Ganon in its name somewhere. 
and I'm gonna have the princess, and I'm probably gonna do, you know, have run into bombs and and arrows, and yeah, I mean, it's there was nothing. There was but the, new. The, there absolutely was. Nah. He, had like, he had a bunch of different powers, like slowing down time, okay, and, and like telekinesis stuff. It's great. Yeah, I fought. I fought robot dinosaurs. Sure, sure. <laughs> uh, listen, I I'm could not, slow I'm down not, time. I went that, to a slide. So. I'm not saying that you can't enjoy Horizon Zero Dawn. It feels like you're saying you can't enjoy it. Well, get no, out. It's a, no, it's a it's a good game. No, they're both good games. They're both again. I love Zelda as well, but. Uh, the and the there was definitely world building in Zelda, but uh, I just I thought there was a more compelling story to uh, Zero Dawn. Nothing wrong with that, dude. Nothing wrong with that. We can all agree. In all the, enjoyable in games. Happy worlds. Yeah. You know, yeah, where these are all on, a, on the list for This a is reason. a very good yeah. problem for us to have. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so uh, I don't want to spend like we'll be here for a billion hours if we try and go through. What's um, game, all of of these, uh, What's ga- game of the year? What's game? Let's talk game of the year. Game of the Year nominees. We've already talked about pretty much all of these at yeah. length. Horizon Zero Dawn, Persona 5, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, Super Mario Odyssey, and The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. I I have to admit, I am shocked and surprised, but very happy to see Persona 5 on this list. I think it's deserving. I mean, from, I, from I think what I've played of that game. I think it absolutely is as well, but it, you know, I also understand that, uh, that uh, JRPGs can be a niche genre. And I feel like Persona leans into that. And the fact that it's the way that that game breaks out is it's also like a school life simulator Mm -hmm. and also like a weird JRPG where some of the enemies are giant throbbing purple dicks. Um, I didn't get to those. uh, (laughs) Yeah, they're in the first castle. Those ones like a little chode. Awesome. Um, But uh, really? Yeah, it's like, yeah. yeah, Oh, yeah. He's in the first castle. Awesome. You, I mean, you know, with underwear. Go guy. back and look at some of that architecture. It's uh, oh, yeah, it's, it's very, very phallic. It's like but, the Disney movies from your childhood. And you're like, oh, that was all dicks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, so uh, I'm really thrilled to see it on the list. It's a, all of these games are fantastic in very different ways. Yeah. It's the and Battlegrounds is gonna win. No. I, I, you know what? Oddly enough, um, the developer was like, we're not sure if we should be nominated for this. <laughs> well, uh, for a know, lot of they, reasons. They may be looking at it yeah. as uh, that it's not complete. Uh, from, yeah. from that perspective, um, it's not. You know, no. but I thought that that sort of, that's like it's a very humbling admission to make. You know, it's, it's humble mm-hmm. um, to be like, "We're these are all amazing. Do we really belong in this category?" But it's also very sweet. No, I think it. I think in its completed state, it would belong in this category. But there's mm-hmm. like weird technicalities of this that it's like it's not. Some games don't make it on because like it's technically not coming out to December. Like Final Fantasy didn't make it on December. Well, and but even even you... in December, it's not necessarily technically coming out because it's also going to be in the. Uh, early access sort of version of things for Xbox One. I mean, but how do you not include a game that, if you, whether they tag it as finished or not, how do you not include a game that is but, um, probably what, the what most I'm, what simultaneous I'm, players, the most simultaneous I streamers? I don't disagree. Yeah. But I'm saying, like, haven't other games been excluded from this list because they're not? I don't know. It, right. So there's a weird. There's not any of them that have sold that many copies that have been excluded from this list. (laughs) Selling copies isn't a meter of how good the game is. Yes, it kind of is. Well, it Uh, is. I mean, it's. It it can be. It it is in in the same vein that selling copies or giving copies back is a meter of how bad Battlefront Two might be. Well, you can't do that without calling them. (laughs) Now you. Now you can. Uh, Um, But no, I, I do agree though that it's a metric of how many people have. Uh, have decided that this game would appeal to them and and purchased it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a you know when you pay for something, you put your money down for something. It's a vote of confidence to some degree. 
especially you can give for it back now on Steam, and this is <laughs> pri it's basically where else do you get this game but Steam? Right. I mean, so look, it's people that have bought the copies and then kept it because I, I'm saying you shouldn't just because a, a, another game is an early whatever. I'm saying yes. there's Feels weird technicalities surrounding this. Yeah. Only. When I totally. when I think of game of the year, I think of what did a lot of different aspects of gaming well. Mm -hmm. uh, PUBG is a lot of fun because you do the same thing over and over again a lot, and every time it's fun. Um, but when I look at something like Super Mario Odyssey, it does you know platforming. It makes me want to go back to the game. It tells a story. It, it does a lot of different aspects of gaming very well. Uh, graphically, it's extraordinarily polished. Yes. The gameplay is is solid. Uh, I have yet I have yet to experience a bug in Super Mario Odyssey. Yeah, I had one. I was frozen. It froze on me. But then I, I was like in the middle of a hard level. Thing. Oh, I guess my game broke. But then it. Like ten seconds later, I unfroze. So like, all right, we'll take it. It's fine. The um, I, I know there there are some weird like little glitches, like you know the like hat throwing and stuff that um, people have reported. But never uh, getting your hat back. <laughs> stuck, <laughs> stuck on some guy forever. Uh, but overall, you know, very minor, and I haven't experienced any of them myself. So I think it's an extraordinarily polished product. I feel like Mario gets overlooked a lot of times for something like Game of the Year because it is an iterative mm -hmm. type of But this one it, this this would have been my game of the year if Zelda didn't come out this year. Zelda when I was playing Zelda, I felt like I was part of an important time in gaming. Uh, and playing Mario, I was like this is just an incredible game. Like it is an easily like a almost a 10 out of 10. Uh, but Zelda it was I felt like it was a, a game-changing experience for me. Yeah. Like it changed it changed how I looked at open world games, changed how I want op open world games to be. Um, I mean, that, thanks. I mean, another no. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know. I, if Zelda, I, I feel like they should have put these out in separate years because they would have had game of the years for me probably. Well, <laughs> you know what I need. Yes, though, that's what you. What I need from the next year though is like I need them to put out. Uh, we're, we're going to need our Metroid. We're going to need to fight over Animal Crossing. Say, that's what Hopefully. Nintendo really needs to hear right now. Let's slow down releases right. for this platform. Right. No, 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 no. They, let's let's get these out. That's great. They can uh, they can put together some other properties for Game of the Year contenders yeah. next year. How about that? Yeah. If I had to narrow these down, it would come down to Super Mario Odyssey and Horizon Zero Dawn for me. Those are the two. I think you didn't. You wouldn't put Zelda on this list. Zelda's a lot of fun, and it did a lot of innovative things, which is why I gave it best like game direction. But I think it was very lacking in story, and there were some things there that weren't quite like it did one thing really well, which was the game exploration and, and direction and puzzles. Um, but I think it was lacking in story a little bit for me, at least. Okay, sure. Which is why I think it's a fantastic game, and it deserves game direction, but maybe not necessarily game of the year. Yeah. Whereas Mario, I felt had a lot of very like, grounded, like I wouldn't say Mario necessarily had a crazy out there story, but there were a lot of different story paths you could follow. Um, and by that I mean, like, you know, you could follow, you know, Toad going throughout these different, like, worlds and, like, where he's been, and, you know, there's the whole story of Mario and Peach, and... <laughs> I wouldn't call those stories as Yeah, I, I'm not like, sure about that either. <laughs> uh, and, like, they're, like, just, you can follow his adventure, but, I mean, the main thing I'd That's focus on there is, like, going through New Donk City and, like, going back through all of Mario's, like, history and, like, telling his story. Like, that was fun to follow. Whereas I, I will agree that game had a, a, a great crescendo. In, in the New Donk City moments. Sure, uh, maybe those are the words I'm going for. <laughs> yeah, um, but I don't know. For me, it's 100% Zelda. What about you? I think either way, Nintendo's gonna be happy with both of them. Yeah. <laughs> um, for me, between, um, between Zelda and Mario, I'd probably go with Zelda because I think that Mario does what it does very, very well, but I feel like um, Breath of the Wild is more likely to push the um, open world action adventure genre forward. What uh, would you not 
put Persona on this list? Or, 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 I love Persona. I think it is absolutely spectacular. I feel like I might be being a little bit selfish and narrow-minded if I give that game of the year because I had such a wonderful, absolutely spectacular time with it. I think everyone should play it, and I think it's really great, but I also acknowledge that um, it's a game that, uh, that, you know, no game is everything for everyone, uh, and I, but I did speak to a lot of people who, uh, you know, people like uh, Miles, for instance, who tried and just could not get into it there was nothing there to hook Miles. And he's like anime lover number one. Yes. Like that that to me is and super two. surprising. Yep. Um, you know, well, there you know, but he um, he doesn't do well with things that uh, move slowly or where there's uh, a great deal yeah. of repetition. And those are all things that I'm totally fine with, but that I recognize can drive people away if they're not patient with a game and storytelling pace. I'm fine being patient with it, but I know that not um, not everyone is and that um, they may be the kinds of uh, flaws in the formula that I don't see as such, but that doesn't make them not necessarily flaws. Sure. So what's your favorite game of the year and why is it Hellblade? I mean, why is it Horizon? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, as much as I love Battlegrounds, it probably is Horizon from this list. Uh, and again, it was just because it the gameplay was really good. It was very beautiful. It was... Uh, the kind of game that you can just sit there and look around and just be happy for a bit, especially if you are a fan of the art of game making, where it's just a spectacular view in any direction, and through multiple different kinds of, of you know biomes, and then underneath and on top of that, interacting with that, we woven through that is a, is a really interesting story about how people came to be and then and how this the world has come to where it is. Um, and then, you know, robot dinosaurs. Gotcha. Robot dinosaurs are pretty hard to argue with. Do you guys have any honorable mentions uh, for a game of the year that didn't make it? Um, one of the ones that I think, uh, one of the reasons that Battlegrounds was more contentious is I think a lot of people wanted to see Nier Automata <coughs> on that list. And they feel like uh, that would have been the fifth one without, you know, without Battlegrounds. Interesting. Uh, Shadow of Mordor got no love. Shadow, yeah. Shadow of War. Well, first of all, because you Shadow, can't remember the name. Shadow of Wardor. Was that? Wardor. There you go. Uh, I think Shadow of War did, I think it iterated on Shadow of Mordor really well, yeah. but I, I don't know that it brought enough new I don't disagree to, either. to yeah. feel <coughs> really revolutionary. It's not, not what, it's one of those, it's just kind of like popcorn, you just kind of like, oh, okay, that was another one of those experiences. It's fun while you're doing it and then you forget about it. Yeah, and you know, I think it's the reason that, um, uh, you know, we do get a, an Assassin's Creed Origins nod um, for uh, action adventure, but that, you know, there are a lot of games like that that uh, that are, you know, like year after year. Yeah. Most of them don't necessarily get nods every time. It was uh, that's fine. Destiny wasn't on this list, right? Uh, Destiny was uh, not on. Uh, let's see. Um, not on Game of the Year. Destiny was not on Game of the Year, but you know it did come up a lot. No, the no, no, Game yeah. of the Year nominees were Horizon Zero Dawn, Persona Five, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, Super Mario Odyssey, and Breath of the Wild. Cool. Yeah. Well. So. There, I'm sure there's some game I'm not thinking of that I played this year that was super standout, but this, there's just such a mountain of games that I've been playing through that I... Yeah. It's just buried. Yeah, I would definitely give a nod to, to uh, Divinity, and, and probably, oh, yeah. I don't want to call Destiny the game of the year, but it was definitely a great game I played this year that I could see being nominated. Yeah, well, I think this is, this is a great list for discovery, I think, if there's, a type, if there's a genre that you really get into and there's a title that you missed, Worth checking out because enough people have nominated 
this title for it to end up in this top tier of games for its category for the year. So, um, yep. I will say one more thing yep. in favor of, of things like Zero Dawn is you want to encourage people to take risks and make new games. And as cool as Zelda and Mario are, they're just like, here's another one. They, they are the newest entries in long-standing uh, You I can see why franchises. you call Super Mario iterative, and but I feel like Breath of the Wild is a little more than iterative uh, in terms of how much they shook up the design of that game. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I see where you're coming from. They I, I, wa I want to see developers take chances yeah. the way Guerrilla did as well. I don't feel that's, like... That's what makes good games. Nintendo took a risk in making Odyssey or Zelda. Like, they knew people were going to buy the fuck out of it no matter what it was. <laughs> that's, that's just... Because the IP, I mean, it is, it is. Yeah. Uh, and but that was a huge step uh, for to create zero. Uh, so I agree. I, I don't disagree. I don't. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think. Come that, on. I don't think that makes it the game of the year, though. For the ball. No, yeah. but it but it does get the for the Huevos award. Yes. yes. Totally. Ryan, totally. I will change my vote to Horizon Zero. Dollar. Yes. All right. You convince me. <laughs> All right. So um, let us know. Uh, what games uh, are your standouts for the year um, in the, the various categories? If there's anything uh, you feel like didn't make it onto these lists that really um, should be considered and well-loved and played by more people so more people can uh, find your favorite games as well. Um, we will be back uh, next week with lots more stuff to talk about. Um, everyone have a wonderful Thanksgiving weekend. Hope you're enjoying some crazy-ass sales. Let us know what you pick up uh, and if there's anything uh, ongoing sales where we can get sweet deals too. Really quick though, I do want to say thanks to our sponsor, the Rooster Teeth Store, whoever those guys are. Um, this episode of Glitch Please is brought to you by the Rooster Teeth Store, and you can shop uh, the Rooster Teeth Store anytime at store.roosterteeth.com. There is a ton of new stuff there for all of your favorite groups in Rooster Teeth. There's like RT Podcast, there's Achievement Hunter, there's Fun House, there's Couch Up, there's all kinds of crazy awesome stuff that you can get. Um, so if you want a casual cosplay as the saltiest people on the planet every day, you can get all your favorite Ryan stuff. Yeah, you can um, pretty much dress like me. It's really easy to dress like me because I, that's 90% of what I wear. <laughs> pretty so. much. Just um, not today. And um. also the, uh, the Rooster Teeth store is a perfect place to buy gifts if there is another Rooster Teeth fan in your life. You know what to get them and and, you know, you know that they'll be happy and enjoy it. So remember to visit store.roosterteeth.com for the latest, greatest merch from Rooster Teeth. Plus, um, if you're a Rooster Teeth first member, you automatically get 5% off at checkout. So you can go shop the store um, and uh, and get sweet, sweet, sweet gifts. And also, uh, we've got a lot of sales happening right now. So I would recommend trying to get all that merch and get it cheap. And if you're a Rooster Teeth first member, you can catch the post show on our website. And uh, we'll see you there. Bye.